0: On this episode of the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast.
1: And so I'm sitting there in their office, yes, saying, you guys do know, this is like a, an unapologetic Christian movie, right? Like, this isn't baby, this isn't Little House on the Prairie, this is, hey guys, Jesus is good, and he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to bothers him. This is a gospel movie. You do understand that, right? The, the famous quote back was, Brad. We sell Saw, and we sell Barney.
0: That was from a conversation that writer-director Brad Silverman had when he was pitching a film at Lionsgate. Brad is my guest on this episode, and he shares with us how he got a start in filmmaking and ended up making Christian films. His two best-known titles being No Greater Love and Grace Unplugged. There are two things that I've come to admire in Brad as a filmmaker, First, he is completely committed to a sound biblical theology, no matter what the cost. And second, through the ups and downs of trying to make his way as a filmmaker, Brad has a complete trust in the sovereign hand of God working in his life. This is episode 14. So you've
1: made two films. You've written and directed two films. Technically, by letter of the law, I've written and directed four your oh, films. Okay, I say letter of the law because the first one is kind of this mockumentary that it's one of those you know me and my you know maybe maybe my family would enjoy, and even that's a stretch. But um, no, it's just like this this tiny little mockumentary we did. It was technically, it, it is, per IMDb, it's, it's my first feature directing thing. It's called SP, like the the the, the letters SP, and then live. Oh, SP Live. There you go. Okay, got it. That's right. You know what? It doesn't get enough love. I'm going to plug it every time I talk now. <laughs> right. <Anyway>. You should. <laughs> you know, it could be a cult classic. You never it, know. I, you know what? I keep waiting. I keep waiting. So to answer, sorry, the short answer to your question is technically four features. No Greater Love. Grace Unplugged. Grace Unplugged. And Selfie Dad. Selfie Dad. Okay, that's not out yet. Oh, yeah, it's not out yet. Sorry.
0: How did you get into to filmmaking?
1: Um, good question. You know it's one of those things that I think I was always doing it, um even at a hobby level, going back to you know elementary junior high um you know, I just always found my way to the you know drama department kind of thing. um, I always enjoyed the putting shows together factor you know in high school it would be little you know skits for the talent show, the kind of stuff, so it's really been in my blood for really as long as I can remember huh. I think in college is when I started to formalize it a little bit. I had a kind of a, a sort of, in a sense, a comedy troupe in a way, just guys that I lived with in the dorm rooms and stuff, and we just kind of, you know, just put shows together. And it really, I started to take it a little bit more serious and to the point where I literally left school to pursue that full time and just, you know, like anything just through the ups and downs, highs and lows. I was kind of just pursuing it for the most part ever since. That that got you into comedy, and how did you come about S P Live? Um, goodness, what an awesome question. I haven't thought about that project. Um you know Robert Rodriguez? Yes. Okay. He he had he had done the movie El Mariachi for yep. like six grand. Okay. I had read his book. I think it was called Rebel Without a Crew. Yes, that's it. And I remember reading the book how he sold his blood platelets to raise money <laughs> you know, to make the movie. I remember reading the movie go reading the book going. Okay, the movie's okay, but this book is fantastic. <laughs> it's, I found the book so much more interesting. I, I approach my friends and say, Guys, let's make a movie about... you know. It's kind of an old thing now, but at the time when you're young and stupid, it's like, hey, I got a great original idea, which has probably been done a thousand times. We're going to make a movie about the process of us trying to make the movie. And the actual process of us making the movie will be the movie. Oh. So we're not actually making a movie. And so while we're making the movie, I'm like, okay... Uh, we need to have like stunts, so let's go talk to a stunt man, and like we'll literally go interview a stunt man and see if we can't, and then we get into a fight. You know, just it's stupid stuff that you know we were like we we wanted to have a car chase, but none of us had a car, so like we went to a dealership and we saw asked if we could test drive cars, and it turns out that the, the guy said, well, you can't test drive. So the the dealer actually drove the car around the lot. And we cut it together as if it was this big car chase. So it was just, just shenanigans like that. But it was just us we came about it trying to say what could we do for a thousand bucks. We have a camera and a thousand dollars. I don't know that we spent two hundred on the thing. But um but we did it. It made it into a couple festivals and it actually, believe it or not, got a distribution offer. So we were like, You gotta be kidding me so Really? So that's, that's that. So yeah, but that was strictly strictly comedy. It wasn't a faith project I mean it was clean. Yeah, so it still exists.
0: Um uh, you got a distribution deal out of it. <laughs> So how did you go from that to no greater love?
1: So meanwhile, during this this whole era in those mid two thousands, I was really having the Lord was really changing me a lot, and you know we were we were studying for full time ministry. I think it was after Live that we actually thought, okay, let's just leave the industry completely. And so my wife and I actually um, through through a sequence of events, we almost uh, we almost became a, i almost became a youth pastor in Indiana. Wow. And so that was really the passion of our lives, and still is, of course. But that was going to be the vocation. And so this is like 2007 now, and when that fell through, I just kind of felt like, okay, I didn't, I really didn't sense it after that. I didn't sense being called into ministry, but I was certainly willing if I felt that was where the Lord was leading. So when I came back to LA in early or somewhere in 2007. I um, went back to my buddy who was my producing partner, um, Russ Rice, right. and I remember he just said, you know, hey, what do you want to do? And I just said, man, I feel like we have some unfinished business in, in film. And so together, he and I, we did a what was a pilot to a kids' show called It Really Happened, like a kids' educational show. Uh, the fall of 2008, we had finished the pilot to the kids' show. We had an agent that was shopping it around, and the agent was super comp. he loved it. he thought, okay, no brainer, this is an easy sell. I know exactly who to sell it to. I'm gonna sell the 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 pilot and you guys you know get more episodes ready. So we brought in this guy, Matt Green, who helped me write a bunch of episodes. We had like twelve more episodes of the show written. And But now it's like around, you know, early November or something. And our agent was like, guys, good news, bad news. The good news is I got a lot of interest in the show. The bad news is, um, you know, we're, we're pushing the holidays. No one's going to talk to us till after the new year. We're not going to so sorry, just sit tight. So at that point, Russ and I, we, we started talking. He's like, well, gosh, we've got time. And through a, a sequence of events, we were able to get about $150,000 to make a movie and so russ said well let's just make a feature film while we're waiting that that's as thoughtful as we were you know, we went, we, <laughs> you know i don't you know we're just like oh, let's make a movie and so at that time we're like well what kind of movie can we make for 150 grand at that time the movie facing the giants had been out and that was about this is before fireproof um but and I remember thinking, I don't know who thought of it, but he said, let's make a Christian film. And if anything, we, our, our our entire logic was, well, if nothing else, the bar's pretty low. So if our film's junky, at least it'll kind of fit in the crowd, I guess. So, um, you know, if nobody likes it and they say it's cheesy and bad, it's like, okay, well, it's a typical Christian film, then we'll be fine. Um, so that was our, our, our thinking. And so it was in that, that same um, holiday time, Todd, that uh, uh, a guy, Brandon, who's Russ's son... Had come up. He, I think, he wrote a couple paragraph synopsis, which I found to be a very interesting high concept for a feature film. And keep in mind, unlike the Kendricks who shoot their films like in Georgia with volunteer crew and they're in rural Georgia and everybody's excited, I'm in Los Angeles, and it's like in LA you don't make you know nobody's excited to make movies. It's like. It's hard. you know, it's like there's you know, everything you wanna you wanna shoot you need like nineteen permits and seven fire marshals right. and you know, it's just it's very expensive and difficult, which is why many projects go away from Los Angeles and California. But anyway, we're we're thinking, well, we're here so we're not we don't have the money to travel, so we're gonna shoot. So the whole thinking Todd was okay, if we're gonna make a story, it it's gonna to have to be a really simple shoot. Yeah. A high concept um film but literally it's gonna have to be people sitting and talking a lot. You know, just in order to pull it off. Like yeah. in a room, two cameras, people talk, go. And so that became No Greater Love. So I wrote No Greater Love based on Brandon's story idea. And they brought in a couple buddies, um uh, James and Beth Killen, you'll see them in the Killian, you'll see them in the credits and then they helped me with develop the story and yeah. so it was just kinda we didn't know what we were doing, but we just kinda made that film and that's how we got into No Greater Love. And then the irony of it is that was just kind of the, the let's just do a quick little project while we're waiting for the kids pilot to sell. And as as God would have it, the kids pilot never sold. But No Greater Love sold to Lionsgate, so that's kind of to put it put us in a different trajectory. Okay, so how did you sell it to Lionsgate? So we finished a cut of the movie, and again, Brandon Rice is uh, the editor of that film of No Greater Love, and he. We, had, uh, we, we filmed it and we made our own trailer. And then I literally, at that point, I think it was facing the Giants. I can't remember. I literally started looking at the credits for Christian films. And I found a company called um, Carmel Entertainment, or Carmel Entertainment. And these two guys, Larry Frenzel and Chris Bueno. And it turns out they were in Orange County. And long story short, as I'm, I, I reached out to them and said, hey, we've got a film. Can I send you a trailer for it? And they were attached they were associated with facing the giants. Oh, okay. And it turns out they were the ones that really they were the ones I didn't know this at the time, but they were the ones that got the Kendrick's. I don't think got it, it's too strong, but they were heavily involved in getting the Kendrick's the deal that they have with Sony. And so we sent the trailer to Larry and Chris and they really liked the trailer for No Greater Eleven. They said, Hey, how can we see the movie? So we drove a rough cut down and the rest was history. They 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 looked at the rough cut of the film. They liked it. They gave us some notes on it. We, you know, we tweaked it a little bit, but for the most part, it was there. And, um, and then they started shopping it around, and they just started taking it around, and it ended up finding a home at Lionsgate. Okay. It was strictly DVD, um, so no, no theatrical. Um, and it did fine. It did actually pretty well. For what it was, it was very successful. Um, for a direct-to-DVD title, um, you know, obviously this is 2010 when it was released, so, you know, it, it was pre-streaming, you know, so um, the DVD life, especially for Christian titles, was very, very strong. Right. So we had some pretty good, like, we, we had really good, um, combined with our personal promotions that we did, that Russ kind of got behind as a producer of our, um, one aspect of our marketing, and then Lions get to the other aspect, and so... We actually traveled quite a bit and did a ton of interviews on it. And I don't know, was it two? Yeah, like, you know, just, just interviews that I didn't expect that we would get. But keep in mind, at that time, even in 2010, it was still a little bit more of a novelty to do Christian films than it is today. So we were getting on a lot of, you know, Christian radio, a lot of Christian talk shows and things of that nature. So it was selling pretty well for Lionsgate. So they, um, yeah, they were very happy with it. And it kind of opened up a door for really the next two films in a sense. So how'd those come about? So, I mean, I'm, I guess my version of it, and maybe mine's a little bit more romantic and exciting than maybe Lionsgate would be, but um, uh, after No Greater Love, we start, I started writing a um, another script, and I was, I don't know how far, I probably wrote a first, I don't remember if I'd finished the first draft or not, but I was well into it, and I realized, I got word that a movie Courageous was coming out, which was another Kendrick's movie. Yeah. And it had a very strong father's theme, and this movie that I was writing had a very strong dad theme, and so I thought, ooh, I don't really want to be in competition with the Kendricks right now, um, so I ended up um, shelving that project, and again through the same guy, Brandon Rice, uh, who had another idea about a girl singer, um, and it was she was a Christian singer. It was kind of you know, but it, it was a germ of an idea, but which which would become Grace Unplugged, and. So same idea. Just from that, I just started writing it, and through a, I mean, at this point, this is just kind of a, I mean, this is one of those crazy stories, Todd. That maybe it's interesting to, to share. Um, <laughs> so, I, I, I'm writing uh, Grace, the script. I'm writing the early drafts of Grace Unplugged, and um, a, a gentleman named uh, Chris Zarpis. Okay, Chris Zarpis. If you he IMDB him, he's a he's a a film legend, a producing legend, okay? He was, among other things, he ran um, the the company called Scott Free, which was Ridley and Tony Scott. Really? Yeah. So this is during, like, the gladiator years and stuff, Mm -hmm. okay? He's a big-time producer, okay? Big-time producer executive. He was a big shot with Disney. He ran Scott Free and so on. So this is Chris Zarpis and his business partner, um, Bob Norton, okay? Chris has this incredible change of life through God, and God just completely changed his life. Chris leaves Hollywood, goes to Virginia, and sells real estate in Virginia. This is maybe 2011 or 12 by now. Okay, from and
0: Hollywood to real
1: estate. Hollywood to real estate. You know, edit any of this out if this isn't interesting. But this is this is how this is. There's a punchline to this. But um, so Chris, one of his good buddies is a guy named Mark Berg. Okay, Mark Berg is an incredibly successful producer, most known for the Saw franchise. Yeah. Okay? And, you know, Saw at the time was like the biggest selling horror franchise ever. Yeah. And that's been re- that was released through Lionsgate. So as the story was related to me, Chris calls his buddy Mark, Chris is the one in Virginia selling real estate, calls his old buddy Mark, he goes, Mark, you know I've been thinking? I think I want to finance Christian movies. I want to get into that world. I want to start financing Christian movies. What do you know about Christian movies? This is Mark coming off, you know, Saw 7 or something. You know, I, I'm guessing the conversation was something like, you know, Chris, what do you think I know about Christian movies? You know, what, what would I know about Christian movies? And so Mark, or Chris says, hey, check with Lionsgate, or whatever. Mark says, hey, I'll check with Lionsgate. So Mark talks to Lionsgate and says, hey, do you guys know anything about Christian movies? And they go, you know, it's funny you mention it. We have this little directed E V title called No Greater Love. And it's selling well, you know. And who made it? Well, this guy Russ Rice and Brad Silverman. They, I don't know. Call them. So that's how we got a hold of Chris Zarpis. Okay? So Chris reads the first draft of the script. He doesn't. He loves the concept. He's a genius script editor. So he's helping me with the script, which would, which would become Grace Unplugged. All that to say, he flies out to L.A. When he's in L.A., he stays with Mark Berg. And he brings his feet. He goes, hey, Mark, do me a favor. Read the script. Tell me what you think. So Mark... Reads Grace Unplugged, and he goes, eh, it's kind of preachy. But Mark brings it to his his his, his new wife, uh movie, I think they were newlyweds at the time, and just a sweetheart, and I I give her all the credit in the world for us even making it. She reads Grace Unplugged. He goes, Mark, you got to make this movie. So next thing we know, Mark Berg, who's the, you know... Saw my, producer. Saw, yeah. You look on the poster of Grace Unplugged, you'll see Mark Berg Productions... And so Mark, you know, I meet with Mark, and we end up talking, and just hit it off. I love the dude. He's, I, to this day, I just love the guy. And we spent about four hours that first day going through the script, and I'm expecting him to say, cut this out, cut that He was just super respectful, and I don't know, it was just, it was just a great experience with Mark. And so, basically, the guy who, you know, was behind the Saw franchise was the one who financed Grace Unplugged. It was a big wow. part of the financing of Grace Unplugged. Wow! And so the punchline is, you know, how to make it in Hollywood? Uh, yeah. Do how do you how do you imitate that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like how how do I do a seminar, Todd, and say, well, you know, guys, there's four easy steps on getting a studio film made. Just have a friend who you don't know who leaves Hollywood to sell real estate in Virginia. Yeah. You know, it's just and and it is. I just look back obviously and say, the Lord just orchestrated that
0: that's incredible
1: i just don't know how to i couldn't copy it if i tried i couldn't do it again if i wanted
0: no for sure so
1: that's how that's how and the beautiful thing man here's what's crazy for that season i had done the first script um and lionsgate was behind it they were excited about it and then when i did and then when i switched it to grace they were like okay fine like they were like i was in a position where almost like they just Whatever I would have presented. I mean, obviously that's that's too much of an exaggeration, but they were they were eager to read what I was writing at that time, so I was very honored by that.
0: Now you told me a story about sitting in an office with somebody from Lionsgate, and yeah. you were warning them that this was
1: heavily theological. This is Lionsgate pre Hunger Games pre. When they acquired or I don't know if they acquired or partnered with Summit for they they distributed the last couple of Twilight movies. My point is Lionsgate is bigger now than they were even in two thousand eleven and twelve. Or no, this is two thousand nine before No Greater Love. So, you know, their biggest hit ever was like a documentary. Like like they weren't they were still kind of a mid major at the time. And so I'm thinking I think of them as horror films and stuff. And so I'm sitting there in their office, yes, saying, um, you guys do know this is like a an unapologetic Christian movie, right? Like this isn't faithy. This isn't Little House on the Prairie. This is, hey guys, Jesus is good, and he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except. This is a gospel movie. You do understand that, right? And the fam- I don't know if this is what you're talking about. But then the, the the famous quote back was Brad, "We sell saw." and we sell Barney. <laughs> and this is Anne who said, the Anne Perdue, said that, and the beautiful thing is, I don't, I don't think she ever qualified what she meant by that.
0: <laughs> she just said, we
1: sell Saw, and we sell Barney. <laughs> and I just sat there staring at her going like, okay, got it, got it. And all I am thinking is, I, okay, Saw makes money, Barney makes money. If Christian films make money, count us in. Okay, so Grace Unplugged. Tell me yeah. about that show. So Grace, like any film man, you know, anyone who's done one film or ten films or look, I've been involved with a lot of, I've directed for, but I mean I've been involved obviously for with many, many films. Every film's its own beast. Yeah. Its own adventure. And Grace is no different. Um just I mean for the most part, just incredible, incredible stories and, you know, whatever hiccups there were along the way, like any film, you forget those and you just remember uh, I I always like in filmmaking. To giving birth,
0: yeah,
1: like it's as a guy, it's, I tell my wife, my wife's giving birth to four. Like I, I just, i that's the closest thing I'll know to giving birth. And I describe it this way: where it's like, it's such a painful process to make a movie. It's just horrible, and and you you, you finally finish it, and you're like, okay, I am never ever doing that again, ever. <laughs> And then you go to the premiere and you watch it and everyone's dressed nice and they smell good and, you know, four months later, you're like, let's do it again. You know, and I was liking it to like, you know, the, the painful childbirthing process. Yeah. And then a couple months later, you see the little baby start to coo and smile and you're like, oh, come on, let's have another one. Yeah. And I remember, you know, just saying to my wife, are you kidding me? Did you see yourself four months ago? No, we're not having another baby. So, in that vein, Todd, I guess with Grace, um, Grace was a joy. I mean I just. You know, the, uh, of many, many memories, if anyone listening has seen that movie, you know, it, it's really uh, the, the lead. Her name is A.J. Mashaka. She's the title character of Grace.
0: Yeah.
1: And I remember going in thinking, um, it's going to be, the and to this day, I, I would still say that, that that'll be the hardest role I will ever cast. Because I had like, like seven criteria that I was looking for, for that role. And keep in mind, I mean, among other things, and I didn't think I was going to get them all. And we literally were about to launch this uh, nationwide search for the actress. Um, And we had this full website set up, and we'd already done, like, a soft opening, and so people were already starting to submit their self-tape auditions and stuff. You know, we're doing, like, this soft opening before we do this major push, right? This, like, media push, nationwide search. You know, that was going to be part of the marketing and everything, right? The whole... You know, we're in the nationwide search for grace and so on. We're going to discover the next great talent. And it felt like, I mean, almost at the, like the 11th hour, like right when we were about to um, launch this nationwide search, Chris, from, you know, selling real estate in Virginia fame, when he, was one of, he became one of our producers. Um, Chris emails me and he said, Brad, have you ever heard of A.J. Mashaka? And I don't know why. I mean, maybe it's kind of a unique name. And I didn't realize she was a, she and her sister are singers, Allie and AJ. They were Disney stars.
0: Oh, I didn't know that.
1: Yeah. Um, and, and I had just seen the movie Secretariat. And um, AJ is like the middle daughter in Secretariat. I remember, this is just weird, when he mentioned AJ and he said Secretariat, I go, oh, I remember her. And it was like not like, oh, yeah, I remember her. It was like, no, I remember her. Like she, I remember thinking, in that watching Secretariat, if you watch the movie, it's like, it's so weird. They seem to focus on the second daughter, not the oldest daughter. And I remember thinking, this girl just stands out to me. She's really interesting to me. And so, in God's amazing providence, within days, we're meeting with AJ. And then, you know, we hear her sing. We hear her play guitar. We hear we see her act. We're like going, "Oh my goodness!" And the joke with her, you know, a guy James Denton, who plays the dad in the movie, yeah, very successful actor. He's they both sang their own parts, yeah, for the movie. And when we were recording, you know, doing the pre-records, James's famous line at the time was like, "James is a he. James is a better guitar player than he is singer, but we're he's like singing and he's okay." And so our engineers like. It's okay. We'll we'll add the sauce later. You're fine. We'll add the sauce later. That was his quote. And then, okay, AJ, you're up. And AJ gets up there. And she just starts wailing. It starts belting out these songs. And we're all just like, our eyes pop out of our heads going, um, shouldn't she like warm up or something? Shouldn't she like, this girl's incredible, like an incredible, like incredible singer. And, then, and we're all just like, you know, we just hear her do a take of it. And we're all just like staring with our jaws open. And James says, "How come hers comes with sauce?" <laughs> so, anyway, many stories like any film, but yeah, they were just just a, a great time. AJ is such a talent. She's now she just she was on the show Goldberg's and just got her spin spinoff where she's the lead in the show called Schooled. So oh, on ABC, man. so she's no no doubt she's a star, and you know it's great to see her career just continue to continue to rise. And she and her sister still sing. Grace was a great time, and, um, you know, we were thrilled when, you know, Lionsgate was just such you know, nothing nothing but great stories about Lionsgate and and everyone involved with that piece, and we're all still friends, so it's all been fun.
0: My conversation with Brad Silverman will continue in our next episode. Thank you for joining us on the Ministry of Motion Pictures podcast. You'll find show notes and more information about the Ministry of Motion Pictures at ministryofmotionpictures.org. What we do in life echoes in eternity.